If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. This is a whole new world with sound effects and shit, but we probably, yeah, we're not going to use the sound effects right now because we'd have to get up and down off the floor with the little, I'm an old woman. We got a new, if we sound it, maybe we'll sound different to y'all today. If we sound different to y'all today, it's because uh, we invested in a a slightly fancier uh, sound device and Courtney has her own channel now. I have a channel. Follow me. <laughs> Not that kind of channel. <laughs> hi, so, Patrice. Hi, Marleya. Hi, hi Courtney. Courtney. Hi. We it, all made it. I know. I, made it. I can't Yay. believe it on a Monday. What? Uh, what? What? Tomorrow's going to suck. But right now, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm holding. I'm crossing my fingers on tomorrow. It'll be all <laughs> There's right. a lot of gin in these drinks, Oh, though. my gosh. It's so good. So let's talk about the drink. I did. I did Courtney a solid tonight because she wasn't sure whether she was going to have time to make it over here. So I didn't want her to worry about a, a thing. But I also wanted us to be mm-hmm. super spoopy. So um, we're, we're doing a poison blackberry martini, which is like a blackberry simple syrup puree with... Just a shit ton of gin. Yeah, is basically what and it some is, vermouth, and not- a tiny bit of vermouth. <laughs> so, but mostly gin. Mostly it's, it's gin. It's like this is a five ounces of gin. I think in mm. every drink. Shut up. I think that's what it is. Oh my god. No. And I I followed the recipe. I swear. And uh, so if you ever wonder where our drinks are, they are on our website www.thestrainedsouthpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there is there is a drinks list on That's there, like so just hit and slash drinks. drinks and you'll find it. Right. Absolutely. But I didn't make this up. I got this from a website, but we'll probably put we'll the link recipe it. there and link to the website. Absolutely. Bloop. Yes, I'm uh, feeling it. Feeling good? I'm feeling no good. No wonder. I'm just in shock. Five ounces, literally. Well, like, uh, usually two at ounce first, drinks. I started <laughs> making the drink and I was like, two and a half. No, wait, that's only half. Wait, maybe... Uh-oh. I might have read it wrong. These have now? five ounces. If I'll give you guys the five <laughs> ounces one. If um, hold on, let me look back at it. It is, oh yeah, it was supposed to be two and a half ounces. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> They're it's doubles. A, well, they made it confusing. It was five tablespoons. Gin. <laughs> <laughs> so the gin is at five ounces and ounces are a little bit same so, like, so the gin is at. <laughs> Five ounces, but the others are at their tablespoon amount. Yes. I <laughs> don't wonder I'm feeling no like laying down, taking a nap. Like gin. It's really mostly gin. So I'll give you, uh, if you want me to give you the high velocity version of this recipe, that's well, what I'm going to put up. I could have helped with conversions. <laughs> None of us. Is, well, it wasn't even a conversion. It even said, this is what made it confusing. It says five tablespoons gin, comma, two and a half ounces. And I was like, so I originally did the two and a half. And then I looked back and I just saw the right next to the bullet point. It said five. So I was like, oh, oh shit, I didn't God. do enough. I've done that before. Well. Oh, yeah. The tablespoon drinks always welcome. get me. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is gonna be a fun I episode. I'm so sorry, and I think you're going second today too. So I'm gotta... already like halfway done. I'm already like two and a half ounces. Are you are you and... spooky today? Are you what are you doing no, today? Are you spooky? Really spooky. Okay. No, but I'm I scary. Would... Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I, I I was gonna be scary, mm-hmm. but okay. So here's the thing. November 1st, Day of the Dead, Mm -hmm. I am going to do a ghost story in honor of Marleya's and my grandmothers. And that's going to be my spooky, scary story. Spooky, scary story. Yes. I mean, I do have some scary stuff in the works. And I told Marleya and Courtney today, I was like, you know what? From here until Christmas, it's going to be all spooky all the time. I think uh, we need to do that. I know you said they took they took our holiday, and I thought you meant JSU had taken something <laughs> from me, and I was ready to get really mad about it. I was like, who, she ready to fight. who took our holiday? Who took what? She did. I was like, Walmart? we talked about Walmart this. Walmart and Dollar Tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I'm with that one. I was yes. like, who else took our holiday? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally. So we're did they taking We it should back. totally hit the spooky extra hard for the rest of the year. extra hard spooky, and I'm like, well, I've been totally like going on Reddit and talking to some of the authors and getting permissions to tell I know, spooky stuff. And so I'm excited because I can't write the spooky content like, like you guys too. You know, if you have stories, yes. if you or if you know of stories, if you know friends who have had weird experiences, Are if you've you, had weird experiences, if you want to be on the podcast. Yes. I mean, hello. Hit us yes. up. Yes. Either, you know, I mean, the best place to hit us up is stories at the strange south. Uh, wait. TheStrangeSouth.com. Right. Why do I not know my own goddamn website? Because after five all ounces this of time. gin. <laughs> um, it's the strange, is it on the website? I, we don't have it on the website simply because we get like our Gmail or our email will get harvested on, if you put it on a website. Like for parts. For mm. parts. Organs. Yes. Organs. Yeah. They'll take your kidney <laughs> and leave you in a bathtub with ice. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah stories at the strange south.com that's correct right that's yes. our yes so it, please send us stuff to that and um mm-hmm. chances are patrice will respond to you <laughs> <laughs> because i suck at that stuff but we right. actually really want your input because you know the longer we do this the harder it gets to find the cool stories, and that's what we're interested in. Yes, we want the personal stories as much as we want the the old legends that we have to breathe new life into, mm-hmm. and the murders and all that shit. Right. So talk to us. Tina Resch Boyer was the telekinetic mom. Uh, she was a teenager in Georgia who had telekinetic powers. Was on the news and everything like that, and I believe that was in the eighties. Right. It was episode 68. And so if you remember that, she goes by uh, Christina Boyer now. And um, you you remember at the end of that story, she gets put in jail for the murder of her daughter. And it, it appears pretty clear to a lot of people that that's not OK, <laughs> that, you know, that wasn't her response, you know, that there were a lot of problems with the trial and um, the way that everything went down. And it's I mean, God, it's like 20, 30 years. I mean, she's She's been in jail for a goddamn long time. She just got a degree. She's she's like really plugging through. I've been talking to the people who are on the Facebook group. It's it's a good Facebook group. I'm going to pull it up for you right now. And uh, she recently had parole hearing. We don't know the results of the oh, hearing. Wow. Yeah. It's free Tina Resch Boyer. So if if you look that up and join the group, it's actually really nice for her just to have people join and see that there are people you know, people who congratulated her on getting her to 
her degree, you right. know? I mean, like... Support it's, system. It's really... And I mean, she's gone through COVID behind bars and Jesus. it's just... It's just... Yeah. It's just shitty. So, you know, I just wanted to give a short update on that. If you were interested in that, if that touched you in any way and you didn't happen to join the group at that time, maybe pop in there and just, you know, get some updates from her now because, you know, I would love to see her get loose and I'm sure a lot of you would. Okay, so in After Talk, if you want to join After Talk at Patreon.com, you will get a free bonus episode every time we release, a release regular, an, a regular episode. Which is now going to be every Wednesday morning. Yes, we're trying to set ourselves on a schedule. We're getting a little bit more like, you know, reliable. <laughs> things are able to get a little bit more reliable for us, I right. think is the better way to put that. Exactly. We're always reliable. It's yeah. the things around us that aren't. Exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> never our fault so yeah we're trying we're trying to like make a schedule and we're gonna try and hit it wednesday morning every week yep yes every week so hit the patreon and you will get a wednesday bonus episode as well excellent you want me to start yeah okay i would be pressing one of our annoying sound effects buttons right now is it the (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the one i use on my kids alexa all the time (laughs) So this episode, then, if we stay on schedule, which we're going to, yes, is the episode that's coming out right before Halloween. Ooh. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. And as, you know, Halloween month has gone on, my kids have been begging to watch all kinds of movies they're not normally allowed to watch. In particular, my kid has been asking if they can watch Scream. Oh. And my slasher, slasher film. And it's because they watch a lot of YouTube and there's apparently a new Scream movie coming out in January. And I saw the trailer. So they've been seeing the trailer. And I was like, the trailer alone is fucking more than (laughs) I would have wanted to watch when I was 13. Ever. Ever. Um, Yes. But so, you know, it got me thinking back. And so I'm trying to I'm, I'm having to make these negotiations with a 13 year old about this and explain Um, why I'm saying no, because I am saying no, just to put that up front. I was saying absolutely no to this one. So Scream came out in 96. So I was telling, I was telling the kids this to start off with. I saw, I didn't watch, you know, you, y'all have heard from me before about this. I, I was terrified of everything as a kid. I didn't watch scary movies growing up. I just didn't. They, I would not sleep. Murder, she wrote. We all know these things. <laughs> you know, I like got up in the middle of the night and threw Angela my brother's. Mansbury. I know. I threw a Gremlins doll in the toilet or something one night when in the middle of the night because it glowed in the dark. And I was like, I was pretty sure it was going to kill me. So I had to get up in the middle of the night and throw it in a covered basket so that I couldn't see it anymore. Um, so. Yeah. So like I said, I was scared of everything. I didn't watch scary movies. Um, when I saw Scream in 96, I had just graduated high school and I had met some friends that I hadn't seen, you know, since graduation or whatever <clears throat> at the movie theater at Potomac Mills Mall in Virginia, outside of D.C. And this mall is like the, the type of mall that like international tour buses come and park at. It's like a big, huge outlet mall, miles long, you know, and I used to work there. And, um, cool. you know, so the movie theater is in one corner and like, it feels like the parking lot is a fucking like football field long. I mean, it's, it's massive. So we go and they're like, we're going to see scream. I'm like, Oh, I'm a grown up. I can watch this. It'll be fun. And I 
fucking like in a mm. conniption from the because you know it's Wes Craven right and mm. like from and he, he's the director not mm-hmm. the writer but like his the thing about Wes Craven is it's that first scene mm. yeah like the rest of it could be absolute shit but that first scene you're sold it's and it's because it's like shocker and um so you know I just I had a hard time with it and. The movie ended and I said goodbye to all my friends and we were all like, ha ha ha, scream, ha ha ha. You know, we're all scared. And I could barely walk myself to my, cause I, I went by myself mm. and I could barely what, walk myself the to the car. By I don't, yourself? I didn't ever what? watch it. I was just like, I'm not going to be scared of it. You I'm a grown ever up now. watch scary movies by No, I, I drove and it was all a bunch of women who like young, you know, we were what, eight, like 17, 18. And we had all driven, I think we'd all driven separately and met there and all drove back. And I was just like, I felt like I was walking to the end of the goddamn earth trying to get to my car. And when I got in, I felt like I could not move my shoulders all the way home because I was sure something was in the back. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, somebody's going to murder me. Somebody's going to murder me. And sitting in your car the whole time. And, you know. And then they're following you home. Their buddy's following you home. Exactly. And so, you know, of course, I tell the kids this. And this is just even more of an incentive for them to want to see the movie. I know. Um, apparently Scream, according to Wikipedia, you know, because it's the resource we all use, right? Yeah. Um, is still the highest grossing slasher film oh, wow. in adjusted dollars for today. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's one of the best performing slasher films ever released in the theater. And so, like I said, I told I told my kid, no, you can't watch it. But they always require extra reasoning. So I'm trying to think through, like, why? Why? Why would I let you watch, you know? scary ghost movies that have violence in them or you know or the quiet Quiet place place. you know why would i let you watch these and not this one because i have to know because they're gonna make me say slasher that's what i said i was like because it's a slasher movie i was like it's indiscriminate and then i was like actually it's not indiscriminate Mm -mm. because the target audience for slasher movies is men from 15 to 25 and they're slashing women and the perps are always men Mm -hmm. and the targets are almost always women with big young women with big boobs and little waists Mm -hmm. and i it's so i this might be the thing that gets them to stop right because they're very justice minded and then they're very you know bias minded to be the next line of female right then yes movie exactly that's what i thought too but yeah i was like so this is slasher movies Thrillers and horrors aren't the same because they're even even when they're ghostly, even when it's paranormal, like there's something behind it. There's like a rationale. There's a sense. And in slasher movies, if you're a young woman, you if you're a young woman, <laughs> you are a young, women. young women in one head. You can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right place, right time. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a young woman, you are not safe. Right. And that's the that's that's the it's slasher movie thing. Right. And that is what real mm-hmm. life is. And um. You know, Scream is actually clever and self-aware. Mm-hmm. I remember really respecting it. And we're going to watch it again. I like it. Because um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a great movie. I mean, But it, it scared the yeah, living shit out of me. It talks about all the horror. Like, it the was the first rules. movie that did that. I love that. that guy who works at the Blockbuster in it. And he's like, yes. rule number one. Exactly. You can't be having sex. You're right. going to get murdered. Exactly. It pointed the finger at all these other movies that had come before it, mm. which was very smart. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, when you guys are like 16, 17, watch away. Mm-hmm. You know, at least it's got intelligence to it. Right. Um, but like, it's still a slasher movie. Yeah, it's not and just like a Friday the 13th or Jason where they're just no, like, which is, I mean, really. There's more story to There it is something. Yeah. And, and even if it's not like, 
it's still a revenge story, yeah, right? Sorry, revenge. spoilers, yeah, but it's right. still a revenge story. It is but a revenge story. you know, it like as a script, it knows what mm-hmm. it's doing. And um, the thing is, one thing that I never knew, and I had to research all this shit because <laughs> my kid will demand of me right. that I answer these things. Right. And I was doing research, and I discovered that Scream was inspired by an actual killer. Oh, oh shit! And that killer was in Gainesville, Florida. Oh. So that's what I'm talking about tonight. <gasps> not I Ted Bundy, though. Am it's not so Ted Bundy. So here for it. It's not Ted but Bundy. He killed in Gainesville. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. And there are there are like or was it parallels. No, it was Gainesville. So so okay. The details aren't the same. It's not like he just took this story and you know turned it into a you know true to life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the series of murders inspired Kevin Williamson to write the script of Scream. So um, the part that's 100% the same is that idea that young women are going to be unsafe. Mm-hmm. And um, so this starts in 1990. In 1990, the people of Gainesville, Florida, learned that young women were not safe there. Um, it was move-in day at University of Florida in Gainesville, because that's what Gainesville is, if y'all mm-hmm. aren't, you know. I mean, most, most folks who are listening, who are Southern and listening to this probably already know that. But um, because we do have, yeah, we do have some non-Southern folks. Ted was Tallahassee. Okay, so Ted Bundy was Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, so University of Florida, you know, Gators. um, There were two. Most of this is freshmen. So Christina Powell and Sonia Larson were going to be roommates at University of Florida. It's moving day. They're moving into an apartment off campus. Story, I think. Do you? Mm-hmm. Their parents were trying to get them into a dorm, but they couldn't get one. And I don't know if it was late, whatever, but they ended up being off campus. Folks weren't crazy about it, but they knew each other. They had a third roommate who just, you know, hadn't gotten there yet. And they were both incoming freshmen, both very excited to be Gators. You know, one of them had just desperately wanted to go to this school basically all through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first night after they move in and get there, um, friends of theirs went out and like knocked on the door and nobody answered. So they just, there were post-it notes all over their door saying like, Hey, we went to this place. Hey, give us a call. Hey, come meet us. Mm -hmm. So the next morning is Sunday, August 26th. And, um, one of the girls, family members come to drop off some furniture because, you know, they needed a couch or whatever. And they had arranged this in advance. You know, this is 1990. So it's not like we're all, you know, 24 seven available. There aren't cell phones. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the apartment complex, they had just moved in. So the landline isn't even connected yet. Wow. This um, is totally the time like that I went to college. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the phone's not hooked up and they come and they, they're trying to drop, do- drop off this stuff and they can't get anybody to answer the door. And um, so... When they contact both of the girls' parents and neither of the parents have heard anything, um, Christy Powell's parents, Christina Powell's parents, um, the Powells, they go to the apartment because they live closer in to Gainesville than um, the Larsons do. And they get to the apartment complex and they ask for a maintenance guy to let them in. And his manager, he calls his manager and his manager's like, you know what? Don't do this by yourself. You need to, you know, if if this is like, they they can't get hold of somebody inside. Right. You need to call the police and have somebody standing there with you when you open the door. Oh, that's smart. So mm-hmm. um, the maintenance guy calls police and two officers come out and join him. One of them is named Ray Barber. Um, maintenance guy ends up breaking in the door to get in, which is, I, I don't know if that's true. That was in one of the stories. And the manager of the apartment complex <laughs> comes in behind him. She showed up and the deputy sheriff comes in behind her and the parents are all the way in the back. So they go in. And the manager says right away he can see a girl 
who is lying on the bed and this girl is not okay. Mm. Or I'm sorry, she can see a girl who's lying on the bed and just can tell by the way she's lying that this mm. is not normal. Right. So she turns around to leave and let the police come in behind her. The maintenance guy was the first person in and he has already seen more than he can handle. He turns around, runs out past her going, oh my God, oh my God, and throws up outside. He has to pass the parents to do this. So um, Christina Powell is downstairs in the apartment. Actually, I said bed, but she, I believe she was uh, on a couch. She has been raped and she has been mutilated. Um, she's laying on a towel. Part of her body is covered in dish soap. Her hands... Dish soap? Dish soap. He's okay. cleaned part of her body okay. with just regular Dawn, I guess, dish yeah. soap. Okay. Um, her hands had been taped together with duct tape, but the tape has been removed, and they can tell that there's still the residue from the tape on her, um, on her hands. Um, she's, been, she's been stabbed multiple times. She's been stabbed to death. Um, her roommate, Sonia, they find her upstairs lying on a bed naked with her feet on the floor, laying back on the bed with her hair spread out in a fan above her head. Um, and both had been stabbed. I mean, when I say multiple times, I'm talking like 30. Mm. Um, so with such force that like when the trial eventually comes and there will be a trial about this, um, that it, they show the damage to the bones from Shit. the force of the knife that was used. So. Something like this happens in a college town, even though it's just move-in day, like whispers start really fast. Mm -hmm. And so the campus community already is like, oh, there's police over at this apartment complex and word starts to spread and parents start to like freak out, <laughs> freak out. And, you know, and unfortunately, you know, these two women's parents are having to deal with this and these, they had just dropped them off. My God. You know, they had just gotten there. Yeah. Worst nightmare. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I should say there was a 2020 that I watched. I mean, I, I started to read a whole lot about this, but there was a really good 2020 on this from ABC and I'll, I'll dump the link for you on the show notes, but that's where I got a lot of this and you can hear, um, interviews from each of these people on that. And it's, it, it really is heartbreaking to, to see these parents. Mm. Um, so the police chief in Gainesville is saying, okay, clearly this is something we have to get on immediately. This seems like the MO of someone who is not going to stop at two people. Right. Um, the, they find that he's forced the door open with a screwdriver was how the perpetrator had gotten into the apartment. So they're, they're working on this scene. They're kind of trying to get their, their plan together on how they're going to find somebody. And it's just a few hours later um, in the evening, actually, well, I guess it's the next morning because um, Krista Hoyt works the night shift at, um, let's see, I think the sheriff's office. Um, she, um, yes, the morning of Monday, August 27th. So Krista Hoyt is not a U of F student. She goes to community college. She's working at a night shift clerk at the sheriff's office um, in Gainesville. And um, and she doesn't show up for work. It's 1 a.m. She's very well liked. She's very friendly. Um, she's an extremely hard worker and she never misses a shift. So when she doesn't show up, they try to reach her at home. They don't get an answer. So they send two officers to her apartment. These are people who worked with her, who knew her personally. They get there and they knock and they, they don't get a response. So when they go around the back, they find that there's a chain link fence in the back that's been pushed over. And so they go up cautiously to the house. There's a full length sliding glass door in the back 
and it's got bamboo blinds, but they're not pulled all the way to the floor. So they kind of lean down and shine a flashlight into the, into the room to see what they can see. And they see a naked body sitting on the edge of the bed, hunched forward, blood pooling around the feet, um, shoes and socks still on. And they realize, and this is actually one of the two officers has looked and says, please don't look at this to the other one who knew her better, that the body doesn't have a head. Oh, shit. So it's 1 a.m. and they call for backup. Holy shit. Half an hour later, they enter the apartment. There's, they hear water dripping and they go in and there's water dripping in the shower. The shower has just been used. There are blood stains in the shower. So the perpetrator had taken a shower in the apartment. Um, Krista's body is on the bed. She has been raped and stabbed to death. She has been mutilated. She has been cut from her breastbone to her pubic bone. Her head has been removed and posed on a bookshelf mm-hmm. set so that anybody who walked in the door would see her. Uh, and people are so fucked up. Fucked up. I know. Once again, screwdriver has been used to force entry into the door. Tape has been used on her wrists and removed so that they can see the residue. Same size and type of weapon. The same kind of posing. Same mutilation. Very clear. This is the same guy. And this is like less than 24 hours. Shit. So we're at three. But those cops oh are my just God. like shitting themselves. They still cry telling the stories. I guess. I mean, like trauma. It's the worst thing they ever saw. Trauma for yeah. like lifetime. And that's the weird thing. Like slasher movies. It's like they make it mm-hmm. less somehow. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, these are real people not that this me. happened to. I, I, I know. Me neither. That's I can't why I don't usually watch them. So um, this hits the news and students are immediately calling on the administration to cancel classes. Um, They start sleeping 10 to 12 in a room. Yeah, no shit. Because it could, you know, there's three women now. I mean, and they just got there. So police start to pull together a statewide task force, um, you know, and while they start working on this, you know, other crimes are still happening. Police get called to a bank robbery in Gainesville. It's actually not that far from Krista's apartment. Um, you know, there's a dye pack in the money bag so that the money will be marked. And police track some suspicious guys to a campsite in the woods and they find the money bag with the dyed money in it. So they're like, oh, well, that's our guy. But he got out. You know, he he got away. Um, they find a gun wasn't used in the robbery. They find a screwdriver. And they find a cassette player with a tape inside, but they don't listen to the tape because, you know, it. they don't really think about how it would be useful in any way. And they just pack it up because they don't find the perp. You know, it's not like a mistake. It's just, right. you know. So they're finishing this stuff up um, Tuesday, August 28th, and they get another call. And, you know, the first one was Sunday, right? So we're on day three. And um, Manny Taboda and Tracy Paulus. Um, they live together. They're friends. Um, there's uh, Gatorwood Apartments nearby the university. Manny's training to be an architect. He was a high school football. He's a big dude. Right. You know, he's a high school football player. He's fit. Um, good friends with Tracy. Um, just really outgoing, sweet. And I don't think they were a couple, but, um, you know, just, you know, trying to kind of get a new start on school. And uh, so Tracy's sisters tried to get in touch with her and couldn't get her and asked a friend of theirs who's close by to kind of check in. And uh, he asked the maintenance man at those apartments to let him in. And unfortunately, it's her friend that walks in and finds what has happened to them. Um, Manny apparently was the first one to go in this scenario, that he was asleep 
and in bed and was stabbed while he was asleep. And he's he's a big dude and he woke up and fought the fuck out of this guy. But it didn't work. Um that, he he was stabbed to death. I mean shit. Again, we're talking like 20, 30 times. Um Tracy's on the living room floor. She has been raped, stabbed to death. Again, there's a towel under her, her hair is wet. One report said that when the friend and the maintenance man found her, um, there was a black bag near her head and they turned around and slammed the door and locked it so that they could call police and have police come. When police came and it, you know, they're on, on it right now, you know, it's mm-hmm. like five minutes and they're there. But when they come, the door's unlocked and the bag is gone. Holy fuck. So he's, he was there. Shit. And um, so again, you know, this is another person who's displayed, posed, again, the duct tape that had been used and removed, entry with a screwdriver. And police start realizing, like, all these places are right near the woods, you know, and that's how that's how he's getting into these places without being noticed is that he, he's got to be coming out of the forest. Um, the town, of course, is already like up in arms, but they go fucking insane because um, this is five people in three days and it is fucking graphic. And some of this stuff isn't being released, but, you know, it gets people talk. It gets this out. South. Um, so parents are calling police station, TV station to ask questions about what's university administration. Like, what the fuck are you doing about the students are buying guns? Mm -hmm. There's a run there. You can't buy padlocks at the grocery store, the hardware store, because they're buying up everything. Um, so police department goes on 12 hour shifts. The FBI comes in, the national guard comes in, um, the news trucks come in (laughs) and reporters. And they talked about this in the ABC 2020. Reporters were coming in and like every time police think they get a lead because, you know, they've got all these tip lines and people, of course, are like calling the hell out of them. Right. And every time they think they've got something credible, they go to interview somebody and there's a reporter like following them on their heels, like standing in the room while they're talking to these people so that the second they walk away, they can get in and start asking these questions about what they were asked about. And Courtney Cox on screen. Courtney Cox on. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was the reporter. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what she did. That's right. Like that's exactly what she did. Exploiting everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in the new one too, by the way. Yeah. So Ooh, is Nev Campbell. They all are. Yeah. The old, um, old people now like us. I know. Nev Campbell, I think, still looks pretty stellar. Oh, they all look great. Um, so, yeah, newspapers are running with information about the state of the bodies that the police department hasn't even revealed to the parents. So moms are discovering that their children have been decapitated or their nipples cut off, like from the fucking newspaper. Um, So they start looking at this one guy. There's a 19 year old named Ed Humphrey that used to uh, live at the Gatorwood Apartments. He's a freshman at UF. He is off his meds. He's bipolar. And he's recently been asked to move out of these apartments where Manny and Tracy lived because his roommate said, like, he was picking fights with them. He was throwing things at them. He was really weird. He would hang out in the woods. He would wear camo. He would carry knives. And um, at a previous apartment complex that he was at, he would, like, they had reported that he had gone into people's apartments without being invited and just rifle through their shit. So... I mean, if you see a picture of this kid, he looks like, you know, if you think about what a serial killer might look like, this kid looks like a serial killer. His face is scarred from a car accident. He got glassy eyes. He, like I said, unmedicated. So police start surveilling him, but they have zero real evidence to connect him to these crimes, let alone to arrest him. So 
this goes on until August 3rd. Like, they've got helicopters following him when he leaves his apartment. But um, August 30th, he gets in a violent fight with his grandmother. He, (laughs) dude, beats the fuck out of his grandma. Like, they have a picture of her and she is black and blue. Damn. Um, So he's arrested for this. And they post, like, they put up him at a a million dollars of bail because they're like, we got to keep him to talk to him about this other shit and we can't afford for him to get loose. So they're trying to find evidence for him to be this other guy, which is eh, not so great, but they don't have anything. Right. So in fact, DNA research is fairly new at this point, but they can tell what, you know, blood types, uh, blood type is helpful at least to narrow things down into categories. Right. And so you can tell blood if you've got, what did they call them? A secretor. There are certain people that like, you can tell their blood type from their other bodily secretions. So there's semen at all of these crime scenes. And the perpetrator is a type B. Absolutely. Um, Humphrey, this kid that they've arrested is A. Mm -hmm. And they know this. Right. But the town is like elated because, oh, we've got a guy in custody. Yeah, they won't cut and dry. They're like, this is horrendous. We need somebody to blame this on. Yes. Yes. This guy is weird and mentally unstable. Classic story. This has got to be the guy. Mm -hmm. And the killings stop. So he's in jail slowly over the course of a few weeks. The mania dies down. Police, a lot of people on the force know this is not the guy, um, but they they won't let this guy go. Um, they finally send him to trial just for the assault against his grandma. And he and she testifies that he didn't hit her, which doesn't seem to be true, but it's right. her what? grandson. Right. Um, grandma, but regardless on. of that, they send him to the state hospital and he's not released for a year. Wow. Well, I um, mean, he needs he to be help. honest. He does need yeah. help. He absolutely I mean, he's does. Beating his grandma and he's. Yeah, he he does need help. Yeah, he's just waiting to happen. But he doesn't need the reputation Uh, of being a serial killer. And they need to refocus. Yes. Okay. So meanwhile, when the FBI is brought into the case after the third killing, they put there's a VCAP system. Uh, You may have talked about this before. Violent Crime Apprehension Program. And this is this is like 1990. So I don't know if the system is even what they use anymore. But it's one of the it's a database where they, you know, when there's a a violent crime, they put information about the victim in the scene and then it will pull up hits like, you know. Right. Like on Dexter. Right. Similar. Yes. Similar. Similar. So they get a hit from a crime in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, okay. Off. Off of these. Oh, God, that scared me. See, everything (laughs) fucking scares me. I can hear this like tiny feet. Um, so on November 4th, 1989, there was a triple murder in Shreveport. It was a horrible murder. Um, a man named William, William Grissom, he's 55, is in the house with his 24-year-old daughter, Julie, and his eight-year-old grandson, Sean Grissom. Sean isn't Julie's son. So um, he's her brother Scott's son. And Scott has just gotten back from his honeymoon. This is his first day back at work. Um, and Sean is at his grandpa's house to celebrate his birthday while while his dad is on his honeymoon with with his aunt, not on his honeymoon with his aunt. He's at the house with his <laughs> it aunt. Is the South. <laughs> <laughs> but so so Sean Grissom is eight years old. Right. Oh. All three of the people in the house are stabbed, mm-hmm. violently stabbed to death. Um, and Julie is found laid back on the edge of the bed with her feet on the floor and her hair fanned out over her head with her arms above her, a towel under her feet, and vinegar to clean the lower part of her body. She's been bitten on her left breast, same style of knife, tape on her wrists with residue. Motherfucker. Um, 
there are no suspects in this when it happens in November of 1989. And so now Gainesville and Shreveport start talking. Um, none of the details had been publicly released from the Shreveport murders. So it can't be a copycat killer. Right. And they send the saliva evidence from the bite to the FBI lab and determine that it was type B. Um, so then they get a call at Crime Stoppers, which I kind of forget is a is Crime Stoppers still a thing or was that a like a 90s, 80s, 90s know. thing? Crime Stoppers line where you could call and just report right. random shit. Well, they, they have some on the local news. From yeah, the yeah local it was. Yeah, it was like on Facebook. Local like Crime Stoppers. Called, yeah. Call Crime Stoppers. You're right. Well, I guess call Crime Stoppers because um, there was a woman named Cindy Jurassic and um, she's on vacation in Florida when she sees the news about the Gainesville murders. She's from Shreveport. She lived there her entire life. Um, everybody in Shreveport knew about this murder. It's not, you know, well, it's yeah. a close knit community there. Right. Um, and um, so she she sees the news and the mention that there may be a connection with the Louisiana murderers. And she immediately turns around and looks at her husband and says, it's Danny. <gasps> she knows this man named Danny Rollins, or at least she knew him. She met him at church. Oh, my fucking God. He carried a guitar all the time. He carried a knife in his shoe. She, he, he said he was going to be a musician. He, he made up songs. He sang songs all the time. And the songs would be weird. Um, and he would record, he would carry around a cassette recorder and just record himself singing. So he got to where he would come over to visit her and her husband every night. Um, and she thought he was harmless, but her husband never liked this guy. Right. And one night, her husband, yeah, one night she's inside and her husband, Stephen comes in after visiting with, um, with Danny and says, this guy's got to go. And, um, so he tells her that Danny Rowling had, had told Stephen that he's got a problem. And she's like, well, what kind of problem? Everybody's got a problem. And he says, he said he likes to stick knives in people. Oh, fuck. So Danny Rawling is a drifter. Um, and if you, if you look at pictures or especially videos of him, he is a tall, skinny, dopey-faced, sad-eyed, drawling, fucking asshole <laughs> he looks like a depressed vacuum cleaner salesman i mean like <laughs> oh. he he really does and um so he was born in shreveport his dad was a policeman his dad was abusive to him and his brother and his mom danny um grows up in this environment where his dad you know verbally abused him every single day physically abused them um, he spends two years in the Air Force and then he starts doing armed robberies as soon as he gets out. He's convicted um, of robbing grocery stores in Georgia, Alabama and Mississippi. He spends most of the 1980s in jail. And um, then when he gets out, he goes back to Shreveport where he and his parents live half a mile away from the Grissom family. Um, in May 1990, Danny has a fight with his father and his father chases him out of their house at gunpoint. And Danny comes back with his own gun and shoots his dad in the face. Shit. Um, and there's a warrant issued for his, his dad doesn't die. There's a warrant issued for his arrest, though. And so he, he takes off and he's kind of MIA um, in May of 1990. So Cindy places this Crime Stoppers call and she's like, I swear, he always said that one day he was going to end up in a place that was sunny and the girls were beautiful and he could just lay and watch beautiful women all day. And she's like, I think this is, he might have done both of these things. So they, they get this call and they pull up his criminal history. And one of the investigators is like, wait, 
this dude does armed robbery. And they're like, yeah, that's kind of, that was most of what he was in jail for. And he's like, there was a bank robbery the day that Krista Hoyt died. And there was a campsite and there was a bag of money and there was a cassette player. So they go and they pull this evidence back out and they play the cassette that's inside the cassette deck. And it's got Danny's songs on it. And he says his name. A lot of it's just him talking to himself. He talks about how you can take down a large wild animal, like with your bare hands. It's, I mean, it's disturbing just Mm -hmm. the fact that this is the context that they're looking at it in. Um, And then he talks about, he says his own name on the tape. So they're like, so this was absolutely the guy. He was here. He was at this campsite on the day. Mm. Um, So it proves that. And so they find out that Danny had already been arrested. Mm. He is in jail in um, like 40 miles south of Gainesville. He had robbed a Winn-Dixie in Ocala, Florida, and he was arrested 10 days after Manny and Tracy's bodies are found. Um, so Which is why the murder that's stopped. That's why the murders stopped. So they reach out to the Air Force for his records, find out he has type B blood. This is the guy. Right. Um, November 15th, 91, Rowling is charged with five counts of first degree murder. While he's awaiting trial, he writes a five page confession detailing the exact details of all of the co-ed murders in Gainesville. He tells them he has multiple personalities. He calls one of them Gemini and Gemini and says that this is the one responsible for the murders. But then like investigators are like, yeah, that's the bad guy in The Exorcist 3. And that came <laughs> out the week that these murders started. He had fucking gone to see The Exorcist in the movie theater. <coughs> and <coughs> and then Gin. he would just decided <laughs> she just took water a sip. or sure you want to drink <laughs> gin while you're choking on gin that is not really quick i'm not choking i think i talk too much oh. i think i need like liquid it's gin, <laughs> gin. gin's the liquid i need gin. <laughs> yeah five ounces <laughs> maybe three now so um <laughs> yes he basically wanted to be famous, like these people in The Exorcist. Um, he said at one point that he wanted to kill one person for every year he'd been in jail. And um, <clears throat> they find out later after the confessions and after the trial that he had told his victims what he was about to do before he did it so that he could scare them more, so that he can enjoy the feeling of them being afraid. Um, he said in the case of Krista's murder, she was the one who had been beheaded, that he'd actually posed her and left the scene and then got into his campsite and said he couldn't find his wallet and thought he might have left it there. So he went back and it wasn't until he went back that he decapitated her. Like he went back and sat there and did that. Um, so he said that the women he killed were evil. He was in jail. He talked about demons and would flip out when Madonna videos came on because they, you know, she was wicked. And so, well, she is kind of (laughs) wicked. So he gets to trial and he unexpectedly pleads guilty. Um, They expected him to still plead, you know, insanity. insanity. Yeah. So they only have the sentencing to deal with. And the defense tried to say that his mental health, his abuse, you know, all the stuff, right. abusive upbringing, mitigating factors, shouldn't get the death penalty. Um, psychologist said he has severe personality disorder, but he knew what he was doing. Right. Like he, he's at the age of a 15 year old mentally, but he could have not done this. Right. Um, Shreveport police know at this point, 100 percent, have no doubt that he was the Grissom killer. Mm hmm. And they tell Sean Grissom, who is the one family member that had 
been on his goddamn honeymoon. Oh my god! When all this happened, um, that if he wants to to get this guy tried for these murders, they would have to risk moving him. And honestly, Florida will kill him faster. Right. And Sean was just like, then tell him to fucking keep him. Right. Just kill him. Right. And I mean, I'm not a death penalty person. No. And a lot of people that talked about this weren't, but they were for him. Right. Um, yeah. He was sentenced to death in 1994. Um, coverage of his sentencing is what inspired Kevin Williamson to write Scream. It was the 1994 coverage that kind of went back through the details of the crime that he was listening to on the on the news. And he was like, ah, oh, maybe this would be, you know. So um, Rowling dies by lethal injection October 2006. It was 12 years after the sentencing. I know that stuff takes a long time. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just right. this guy was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and when he was in the chamber and, you know, there's the little gallery where the family can come and watch. And, of course, none of them was satisfied with this you right. know this didn't make anybody feel better right um but he they asked him for last words and he just sang a hymn that he had written himself he didn't say i'm sorry he well, didn't say i don't. wish i hadn't done this yeah the um and mm -hmm. uh so that was the end of danny rollins and um apparently right before his lethal injection he passed a note to the pastor that had come to see him saying this is my confession to the Grissom murders. So at least they did have that. Right. Um, they, uh, someone created a memorial on the 34th street wall, which is like a big graffitied wall along the highway on, um, in Gainesville that is kept by family and good Samaritans basically from being covered over. People try to paint over it now and then as, as time goes on and people don't recognize like what it the gravity for. of this. Yeah. But folks have always come up and tried to, to keep it pristine. And it says, remember, Sonia Larson, Christina Powell, Krista Hoyt, Tracy Paulus, Manuel, Manuel Taboda, and we could add William Grissom, Julie Grissom, and Sean Grissom. And that is the real story of the Gainesville Ripper that inspired Scream. Shit. And I tell you what, y'all, that movie scared the shit out of me. Yes. This story scared the shit out of mm -hmm. me to the point where I finished it yesterday and I woke up like four times last night thinking I've got to change the locks on my basement door. I have got to, like, I heard a weird noise. I was like, that, that shit. Yes. That scares me. Yes. Sydney, do you like scary movies? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Oh, my God. Yes, that was scary and sad. That is scary, and I'm like, I feel fearful for us all. I do, too. I'm sorry, y'all. It is Halloween season. We're all supposed to be afraid. It is good, because awareness means preparedness <laughs> awareness means preparedness don't get murdered don't get murdered mm. all right
Not as scary. Courtney's researching desperately. Sorry. I, know. <laughs> I just listened to this and I don't think it. Oh, who was it? It was um, Crimes of the Century. Oh, I don't even know that. You don't listen to that one? She's no. good. Okay. She's a journalist and author. I'm not the first one to talk about this. <laughs> I it doubt was, if we're the first was, ones yeah. to talk about we're not, anything. We're not the first ones to talk about anything. Well, anything. especially since Scream was inspired by it. I'm no sure. shit. I know. I and know the that new movie part. is coming out. That was new to me, though. And I don't I think know, they, that, that podcast talked about that. I think I would remember, but maybe not. But yeah, Crimes of the Century is good. Which, again, why well, do not like slasher torture mm-hmm. movies i mean what the fuck people? yeah what the fuck yes yes now yes. zombie movies zombies, zombies. i want to know about zombies okay. i need my headset on i'm not used to having one it's fun i like it yeah i do too because it's like i'm it so important right it's like the entire world lives inside your head well i think it's easier to hear <laughs> and listen i found myself already yeah more engaged yeah, definitely helps you focus. Mm-hmm. It's because we're speaking straight to your brain <laughs> and our brains to Put each on other's your headphones, brains. Listeners, <laughs> yes, yes, listen, listen in your headphones. <laughs> I'll have to take all this out. <laughs> Do you really though? Nah. Okay. So if you listen to episode 92, mm-hmm. where I go on ad nauseum about the zombie books that I have been listening to. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's what that list was for. N- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nauseum. I wrote them all down. And today I pulled out my notes from that episode and I was like, what are these things I wrote down here? I don't right. even know what these yeah, are. Yeah, I was going to get on Audible <laughs> and get those. I... I I did the audio for that episode and I was listening and I went on forever. So I ended up like <laughs> cutting out my whole long, what would it be called? Monologue about zombie <laughs> books that I'm listening to. And I've actually put it on as an Easter egg just to spare you the extra 30 minutes before <laughs> actually getting to the movies. Because that's like a two hour long episode there. Yes. It was a very long episode. So like god bless y'all i'm just going to like i'm just going to take it from you but now i'm back again Uh-oh. zombie books when you said from episode i was like are we still where everything is a pull-off from the body farm everything it, is a branch it is a branch it's amazing it is a branch it is the branch that keeps on giving so overtalked the zombie books i'm about to overtalk the zombie shit again yay zombies it's because Halloween. I started a new zombie series that I'm listening to, and I love hate it <laughs> because, and I'm still listening to it, and I actually paid for one of the books, which four more books, and I don't want to pay for any more of them because, I mean, it's kind of the same trope. It's like mm-hmm. ex-military guy becomes a regular Joe. He's a gun nut. <laughs> He's slightly racist, slightly homophobic, Mm. very sexist. Is he struggling to reintegrate into society? No, you wish he would be, but he's (laughs) not. All the women in his life kick his ass, (laughs) but all the other women are basically whiny, and he describes them strictly by their weight and their looks. Wow. This book totally pissing me off on so many levels. 
but I can't stop looking at song <laughs> to it because it reads like damn as the world turns. <laughs> there's there's this hook. It's like I gotta know what happens to these people and the hero. He pisses me off because he's such a fucking douche. <laughs> That's like why the last man. I finally, you know, I think yeah. I really liked it the last time I talked about it. And then I watched like one, two more episodes and I was like, no, this little dick really. doesn't deserve to live. But this, yeah, but this, but this guy that I'm listening to, he's every zombie hero from all these little shitty zombie <laughs> books I've been listening to that I'm totally hooked on that I've listened to like 20 times. It's like your romance novel. <sighs> But it's worse. <laughs> it's it's worse. It is worse. So here is my call to action, ladies. Oh, okay. I need more women writing zombie action fiction. I think you're talking to the right crowd. I need you to do it now. <laughs> and I don't need none of this triangle romance bullshit. I don't need a zombie <laughs> book that has all the promise of a cool zombie storyline, but really it's a Harlequin worm. <laughs> I, I, I don't need that bullshit. What is that fun zombie movie, though, where he falls in love with the human and then... Okay, okay, we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. we're gonna get to oh that. she's we're like, don't step, on, I, it. I don't step on, don't on it. Don't step on it. Don't step on it. We're almost there. We're almost there. So I wrote down, because I was thinking, you know, I really like the zombie genre. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's like a big... Zombie land. Yeah. yeah. It's like all the things. So I wrote a list and I'm going to put an even more extensive list. So I won't have to speak for 30 minutes, but I'm just going <laughs> to speak for 30 minutes on all the zombie books and movies that I like. Because first of all, I hate gore. Mm. But I love zombies. Which is hard to avoid gore in zombies, is, really. It's like... It's like, <laughs> it's like... It's like the thing with zombie movies is mm -hmm. gore. But... For some reason, I just I either blank out or do something else while all the gore stuff is going on. <laughs> and I think what got me going onto it is y'all remember Return of the Body Snatchers, like that old movie. Have you ever? I didn't watch. Did it. you ever? See I've it? never no. seen well, it. Oh Invasion my gosh. of the Body Day Snatchers. Day Invasion yes. of the Body, like the old one. I think it's famous. It is famous. Yeah. And and to me, that is totally my intro drug to zombie films because right after that it was Night of the Living Dead which yeah, is the classic the Night of the Living Dead classic right. black and white yeah. late 60s movie that's you know mm -hmm. that fed my love for like, the horror of just thinking about you know what would happen if people were constantly chasing you and like constantly just want to eat you because that's a, <laughs> a huge fear I mean that's why I don't go swimming in the ocean because I don't want things eating me <laughs> That's like, uh, that's like it. That's like it. Okay. That's fair. It is fair. Yeah. Right. Okay. So of the books, I, I, I was trying to list and I'm sure there's more because I was like looking at, and there's so many zombie movies, so many zombie books, but I Am Legend is like the yep. original and is actually what inspired Night of the Living Dead. Oh. And it's a short story. And actually the short story is really good if mm. you read it. They did the movie of it with uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith yeah. and all that, which is, it was which decent. Which I've, I've still not seen. Oh, yeah. I like it. Shit, ladies. We're going to have to like, I've seen get that on one. some movie I've seen, stuff. We, we do need some movie watching time. Right. Especially some old this black and white horror. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One oh, of my yeah. all-time, this is my all-time favorite zombie movie. And one of my all-time favorite movies, period, is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is spectacular. Oh, my gosh. That is the best so funny. zombie movie. Like, Simon Pegg, Marry Me. When they mm -hmm. beat zombies on the pool table yes. with pool cues, singing Don't Stop Me Now. Don't 
stop me now. now. Yeah. Oh, it's the Perfect. best. So good. So good. The one you were talking about is Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Mm. I read the book. The book is way better than the movie, although the movie was pretty good as well. Warm Bodies. I liked that one. It was a different zombie yeah. story. So it was the zombie movie to the Romeo and Juliet theme. Okay. Basically. Yeah. And it was yeah. from a zombie's point of view. Yeah. Which had made it totally different <laughs> and interesting. And they Rob had like... Cordry was the... Right. They had <laughs> zombie great actors. Yes. <laughs> It was so good. That's a really good one. <laughs> then there's The Girl with All the Gifts by mm. Mike Carey. I don't think I've seen a single one of these. Oh! I know. Train to Busan. Which I wanted to watch, but couldn't make myself do. Oh, it's actually heartbreakingly good. It's really good. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. Wait, I've seen that one. No, wait. I've read it. Yes. I did read that because I also read uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I did too. Yes. Yes. I Zombie, which was a comic series and turned into a um, TV series, which was meh. It was oh, meh. Okay. White Trash Zombie <laughs> by Diane Rollins, which is actually was a pretty good book, pretty good series. Then, what was the one you called with the women in it or the After Warm Bodies? Oh, The Girl with the, All the Gifts. The Girl with All the Gifts. Excellent book. Excellent. Actually, it's probably one of my favorite zombie books. Then we have Feed by Myra Grant, which is more of a young adult romance borderline thing, but it's still a good take. You got 28 Days Later. Yes. Which I've wanted to watch and never had. Oh, my oh, God. Uh, I swear to God, I've always kind of avoided uh, zombie movies because they grossed me out. And then I watched oh, The Walking Dead. Well, you just have to turn your head. You just have to turn your head like when they're pulling the zombie out of the well. 28 Days Later. It's the zombie in the intense. well, Patrice. It is the, the zombie. The fat one. Fuck. That Jesus. Nasty as shit. Oh, I, you know, I knew when I had made it through that, I could make it through anything. <laughs> If you made it through that, you could make it through any zombie movie. You just like you so just don't gross. look. You don't look. So gross. So and nasty. plug your ears because it's all. It's oh the sound effects. Jesus. Yeah. I, I mean, really genius. They should have won an award. Yeah. 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 I think they That's did win for makeup yeah. and stuff yeah. a lot. Yeah. And you have World War Z, yes. which is the book. Actually, the book was really good. Is and that the, the Brad Pitt one? And the yes, and the Zombie Survival Guide, which was like the supplementary book to it, which was written by Max Brooks, which is the son of Mel Brooks. No way, Mel Brooks of Young Frankenstein and Spaceball. So well, his that's son, a very different genre. <laughs> it is a very different, and he did an excellent job of it and there's like there's actually a lot of websites still out there that was kind of like the marketing ploy for his book talking about like these zombie attacks in different areas and they like give towns in Alabama that don't exist and uh, like you know all these people were attacked and some people are like this is real and they're like bullshit this is was for a movie because it all came out during the time that The Walking Dead The Walking Dead just launched zombies out the park yeah this is part of my list I'll put down all the rest for you to link to. If I bet you I have not seen any of them. We, we you need... didn't like Zombieland? Oh, no, I've seen Zombieland. Zombieland was good. I actually... It's a comedy more than a zombie movie. It, it is a comedy. And, and, you know, I do like comedy zombie movies. I just, I don't know. It just didn't, I don't know. It wasn't one of your favorites. I like it. it I just... really, I, oh, I love it. I didn't dislike it. I think it's it. funny. Yeah. I but just... you know what? It really, I really do think like it's not as zombie. It's not as memorable to me. It's not as me. zombie as Shaun of the Dead is zombie. Right. Right. Maybe it was Woody Harrelson that turned me off of it. And I don't I like I Woody don't Harrelson. I thought he was funny. Well, Bill, Murray. Bill Murray cameo. No, oh, Bill yeah. Murray's the best. Yeah. So maybe maybe it was that. Bill I don't Murray know. Yes. Cameo. 
Maybe Zombie it was just during the time and stuff. And I haven't seen the second one mm. because I don't want to pay for it. But it is funny. Yeah, it was funny. I will watch it. It's not as funny as all right, so let's talk a little bit about zombies. Since let's that's do the theme. A brief history of zombies. Ooh. The word zombie. Y'all ready for some pronunciation? Yes. Here? Webster's Dictionary. Webster's zombie. Oh God, has... don't you hate papers that start like that? <laughs> I had grad students use that in their discussion Shit. post last week. No. And Wikipedia as one of their references. No, yes. Hard to avoid. I had to though. scratch that. I know. So the word zombie is <laughs> <laughs> originally spelled. Zombie without the E. We just got extra fancy. Zombie. Zombie. Actually, it was first mentioned in literature like in the 1800s by this poet, Robert Southley, when he was writing this history of Brazil. And he used it kind of totally wrong. But it was the first mention in literature. And of course, white man getting all the shit wrong right off the <laughs> bat. And that's basically what happened. But the word comes from South Africa, and it became more prevalent in the United States through Haitians, mm -hmm. Creole, the uh, Louisiana Creole community. It, there's several words, and, and there's several different slight translations about the word. The Creole word is actually zombie. Oh. And it's associated with Haitian voodoo. It's likened to the Kimbundu word, which is the language spoken in Western parts of South Africa. Terms like the, and this is all the NZ words that are you just, I guess you just Zimbies, Zimbai, Zimbu, Zimba, I don't know, which means <laughs> ghost. Uh, oh, okay. So it's a little bit more loosely associated with the like dragging the foot moaning zombie that we're kind of all used to in popular culture. In the Congo, the word uh, Zambi means God and the word zombie means fetish. So it's kind of like all these loose connotations of the word that made it over here to the U.S. But the one that we know, zombie, is related more to the soul. And they talk a lot about like ghost and the soul and people who wander the earth, soulless, all the things, y'all. But of course, white people took the word <laughs> and any folklore takes it and stretches the truth till the truth is never there at all. <laughs> and so when this word came into being in popular culture during the later half of the 20th century, we draw our definition of zombie basically from George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> he drew his inspiration from Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Again, got to read that short story. So good. So this is where, you know, we get what we know about zombies, mixture of Haitian folklore, uh, voodoo, and our imaginations. The 10 things we know about zombies from New Orleans voodoo expert, what is his name? Jerry <laughs> Gandolfo. Gan Gan Gandolfo? Gandolfo. Yes. Like Have you Gandalf known? the wizard? Yeah, I want to say Gandalf, but it's Gandalf. Jerry Gandalf. And oh. he runs the Voodoo Museum there in New Orleans. He says zombie comes from the Congo, which again is, is that kind of Southern African. And there, the local folklore of the zombie is the great spirit. And this great spirit is known as Le Grand Zombie. And it's symbolized by the snake. And in voodoo lore, you're body houses a petite angel and a grand angel 
And they use the word angel very loosely, kind of meaning uh, intertwined with soul or spirit. Yes. They say that when you die, the grand angel goes to heaven and the petite angel hangs out in your body for three days or until you finished writing. And from the body farm, Um, we know the phases of decomposition. So we know the first day, you're cool. (laughs) Literally. Yes. Second day is when your hootie and the blowfish flies <laughs> show up, lay their eggs, and get started. And so after the three days, they basically say that in, in Haiti, people will sit on the graves for three days to make sure that you're going to stay petite soul does not go astray because that's what makes you a zombie. I bet there are a lot of little pissed off little tiny angels just like, <laughs> why you keep me in here? That's <laughs> right. Let me out. <laughs> but they said like getting the petite angel stage to the zombie stage requires a magician or witch doctor. And they need to have that person. So I guess they're sitting on the little grave, guarding the little petite angels and warding off all the, you know, witch doctors and magicians out there trying to get into the grave. I don't know. That sounds suspect to me. (laughs) But anyway, our Gandalfo says that spirits are inherently benign, but they're easily manipulated. And the spirit that they speak to that is in charge of zombies, I guess, is Gide, Gide, Gide. And if you actually look up the Voodoo Gide on YouTube, there's some really interesting music. They do a lot of songs and music during the Voodoo rituals. And I don't know if I'm summoning demons or whatever (laughs) by playing it, but I was like summoning little angels, really digging it. Go check that out. That's really cool. But anyway, they're easily manipulated. Gide, the spirit that deals with zombies, is an alcoholic. And so (laughs) if you give him a fifth of rum... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He will be like, okay, one zombie coming up. Yay! (laughs) So you can bribe Gide to steal the spirit from a not fully decayed corpse and reanimate it or just... Pop that little spirit, that la petite spirit, <laughs> into a jar for future use. You know, you never oh know. Oh my God, these poor little angels. Oh, you need a little la petite spirit. For Can you picture use. a little mason jar with a little <laughs> critter inside. Get me out! <laughs> G'day is the gatekeeper of the cemetery, and he's portrayed often on voodoo altars as a skeleton wearing a top hat. And he wears sunglasses, one lid's missing, uh, symbolizing that he has dominion over both things seen and unseen. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> if you see the skeleton with one lens missing, then it's it's not like they got crappy sunglasses. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a thing, right? Become a, a zombie, obviously, a fate far worse than death, because zombies are considered to be eternal slaves, and back then. They were raised from the dead to work in the fields. Oh, that sucks. It's just horrible. Yeah. It's also said that real zombies, their feet never touch the ground. And it's because they're not earthbound. So this is where we get zombie translation of being ghosts than of being actual like living things. Their feet don't touch the ground, and that's why they wear long dresses and pants that drag the ground. Oh. There are chemical zombies. And these are zombies that don't actually die. They're not the undead zombies, but they probably wish they were because it is said 
and please do not do this. Not that you could do this, but I'm just putting this out there as a general blanket statement. Do not try this at home. But you can poison the person with blowfish-based nerve agent, and you put it in the person's shoe, because if you, like, ingest it, it would kill the person outright, because blowfish, bad. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I learned that from The Simpsons. After the person is considered dead and has been buried, then the trick is they have to dig the person up and administer the antidote to the person. And when they do that, the antidote actually is from a deadly plant called (laughs) Angel's Trumpet or Zombie Cucumber. I know Angel Trumpet is not deadly, is it? That's. They say oh, it is. Well, I so, guess I've not tried to eat it. So <laughs> kill them good by, thing. Don't kill try them by to eat killing them. Your angel's trumpet, please. <laughs> and zombie cucumber, no, just no. <laughs> and so they give this, and the seed pods from these plants actually cause hallucinations and insomnia and disorientation. And why anybody would do this, I do not know. But y'all, if you look up zombie in Florida. That's all I got to say. Are you talking about the drug zombies? Uh, Yes. The face-eating people? The ones who did the bath salts? Uh, Yes, I'm talking about all of that. And there's another chemical zombie that turns the skin. It starts to rot the skin. Uh. It's pretty gross. But we're not going to get into that here. We're still like trying to turn you into a zombie, hypothetically, (laughs) and then reviving you because that's the thing to do so that you can say that you've been a zombie, but really don't do this. Mm -hmm. And then after you're revived with this other deadly plant, (laughs) you walk around funny and act strange. (laughs) Imagine that. I don't understand. I don't either. So another, we're all in New Orleans here with this voodoo museum and this guy, Gandolfo, talking about zombieism. He says that Jelly Roll Morton, and if you've never heard the name, Jelly Roll Morton was called a jazz zombie. Nuh-uh. So Jelly Roll Morton was a famous jazz musician there in New Orleans and said, to be a zombie. So at the age of 14, Morton became a piano player in a brothel and he sang smutty lyrics and mm-hmm. used the name Jelly Roll because Jelly Roll was the slang term for female genitalia. Oh, I thought it was male genitalia. Mm-mm. Let me see y'all. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Morton's father. Uh, Morton's father abandoned him and his mother died and so he went to live with his grandmother and he lived there until she kicked him out for being a musician which I totally get I feel your grandma (laughs) and then he went to live with his godmother and it just said that his godmother was a voodoo queen as with every godmother that lives in New Orleans and if your godmother was not a voodoo queen then you were not living right (laughs) every time that jelly roll got into trouble his voodoo godmother would fix things like kind of like a magical fairy godmother (laughs) and the legend has it that morton furthered his career by relinquishing his soul to his godmother Uh oh kept it in a jar Oh, tiny, tiny, tiny angel. Tiny, ma petite. So four days after his godmother died, Morton mysteriously dies. And mm. this is true. Morton was a real dude, right? Yeah. Real dude. Legend? I don't know. You'll have to, like, 
I'll have to read up on this himself. Did he forget to feed his tiny angel? Four days later, he died, apparently of no cause, but it is said that souls in jars have to be fed. I was right. Oh, my God. I was kidding. He didn't feed his damn angel. They didn't feed the angel. The angel died. That's sad. It is sad. Apparently, it is easier to get rid of Haitian zombies, voodoo zombies, than it is our pop culture zombies. Mm. All you have to do is invite them to lunch. <laughs> I'm lunch. And right, and feed them salt. Salt. If they eat salt, they're like, aha, I know I'm dead. I think I'll go lay in my grave now. <laughs> well, welcome to America. Everything's got salt. <laughs> right? Exactly. If they refuse your salty lunch... Then all you have to they do refuse your McDonald's chicken nuggets. Then you just throw the nuggets at them because if you <laughs> throw throw salt at them, they're like, "Oh shit, I'm dead!" Oh, and they go lay is down. It, is it a salt of the earth kind of thing? Is it the what is this salt like? A mineral and earth absorbs absorbs. Yeah, salt absorbs 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 and absorbs absorbs. Salt is watching. Salt is watching you. <laughs> Blocks and observes and absorbs. Interesting, though. (laughs) I love this. If you don't have salt, try a frog. What? It said zombies are deathly afraid of frogs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Really? This could have changed the entire course of Walking Dead. Man, they were in Georgia. They would have those things like Frogs every goddamn where. Everywhere. Everywhere. The well zombie? No. Oh, no. No way. Yeah. Done. So all you have to do is travel in the company of an amphibian and you're good as gold. That's always a good rule anyway. So let's talk about real life zombies. Because <laughs> oh, there are real life zombies. That's right. That's actually, yeah. There is, and they're not necessarily human. Zombie bugs, zombie cicadas. Yes. Some of these zombies became this way because of fungus. Mm-hmm. And The Last of Us, which is a PS4 yes. game. Is that's the whole thing is like the zombies are fungus and the girl with all the gifts, same thing, are zombies that are fungus. fungi. But I have to remind you that when I talked about the cicadas, they promised me, the scientists promised me in the articles that um, that like people, human people could not be infected and turned into zombies by fungus yet. Yet. (laughs) Yet. But as down here in the South. Ugh. That we know, pollen is trying to kill us. Yes. The plants yes, are trying to kill us. They are. And they'll so eventually... It's just a matter of time. Talk their fungal they figure it out. Make us commit suicide. Yes, that is very close. Yes. I feel with pollen sometimes. Oh you know gosh. which movie I'm talking about? The, the pollen or whatever makes people commit suicide in the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, is it a yeah. Shyamalan movie? Yes. It is. I think that's after I stopped watching yeah, Shyamalan I, I, movies. After I should have stopped. But yeah, yeah, right. It makes it yeah. feel yeah. It's something from the plant, and people mm-hmm. kill themselves. Oh, I was like, it sounds like, like the bird box compounds and stuff. Isn't that and, what they do in the bird box? But they open their eyes and they see an alien, and then they kill yeah, it's, it's some kind of weird thing. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's, again, that's fine. Lots of tangents here, y'all. Lots of tangents. Jin. So, zombie ants. Yes, they suffer from fungus. Yes, fungus targets and affects these insects through their spores. 
once these parasitic fungus take control inside the insect's mind, it alters the behavior. Mm -hmm. The behavior is strictly to propagate more fungal spores to create the like same thing. So these this fungus feeds on the insects they attach to. And it grows in their side their bodies until they die. And it compels the ants to climb to the top of elevated vegetation where they remain affixed until they die. And then the spores are released mm-hmm. and infect more ants who become zombies and climb up to the top of the stalks and release more spores. And it's just a cycle. It's fucked up. I was like, like they're dead already. They 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 end up like as soon as they get to the top, they're dead. But if they're they're zombies before, are they not dead? No, well, they impact like it messes with their brain chemistry. Mm. So it basically like gives them brain commands. Like they right. follow orders. Right. It tells their muscles. Their brain tells their muscles what to do. And then as soon as they get on top, then the rest of the fungus consumes the body, and then. It's the same as like the cicadas, but the cicadas is kind of a happy story because they just go around fucking. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's like the best fungus story. I know. It's the best. They all feel like they're on like uppers and they fuck everything. Right. And at least there's that. At least there's that. If something's eating your body right out front under you, at least it's making you feel happy. Now, you want to talk about horror story and also heartbreak here? Oh, no. I don't know. Do I? Zombie spiders. Oh, God. Believe it or not, I've read all the zombie insect stories. Zombie spiders. So there's a wasp that is a tapata wasp that manipulates spiders from this. Oh, y'all. Fuck me. Anolosimus eximius species. Damn. Yeah. So we're going to just call that AE species. Well done. Of spiders. What happens, these AE spiders are very social. They prefer to remain in groups. God help us. I would die. They never (laughs) stray too far from their colonies. God help us. Spider colonies. (laughs) They're just happy. They're just living with their peeps, hanging out, building webs, (laughs) minding their own business. And here comes this asshole wasp. And they lay their larvae on the, or the eggs on the stomach of the spider. And when the eggs hatch, they start to feed on the spider. And once they start to feed on the spider, they take control of the body, which reminds me a lot of like the body snatchers. Mm -hmm. And so once the larvae gains full control of the (laughs) spider. (laughs) I'd rather human zombies than this. This is too much. It compels the spider to like leave its friends and family. Oh no. And the the spider goes off by himself. And he builds a cocoon like his funeral pyre. Oh my god. And off by himself and just becomes a host for the rest of this wasp, this adult wasp. That's so like. awful. It is awful. It is like first of all, spiders. <laughs> but second of all, social leaving, creature, lonely. Just dies by himself in his lonely cocaine. Oh, that's a sad story, Patrice. Oh, fucking wasp, man. Another thing that can be reanimated, reanimated viruses. What? Oh, you mean like from the glaciers? is stuff of horror stories. So organisms in Siberia permafrost 
there are so-called giant viruses. And y'all fuck me on this one. Uh, Jurassic virus. 30,000 years old. And the thing about these giant, they call them giant viruses because these are actually DNA viruses, which is something I didn't, I had like did a little bit of five minute research on. <laughs> so DNA viruses, another DNA virus is um, HIV. Uh? This DNA virus of these large viruses contain large numbers of genes. And the, what did I call it? So the giant virus, oh, that's a hard name to remember. The giant virus uh, has as many of, as like 500 genes in this one virus. And it's, it's horrific because that makes it extremely deadly and extremely long living. And to compare that like to the only other um, DNA virus, which is the HIV virus, contains only 12 genes. And we know how deadly the HIV virus is, but something that has 500 DNA. So it literally fucking goes in and it changes your genes. Now, I looked this up because I right. like, well, what the fuck about COVID? COVID is not a DNA virus. It's an RNA virus. mRNA vaccine. So it does not affect your genes in any way. It stays away from your genes. Thank God. Get out of my genes. Right. Zombie plants are another thing. Uh, there's a bacteria known as photoplasm that turns some plants, <laughs> like goldenrods, into zombies. And you can tell that your goldenrod has zombies because they stop producing yellow flowers and they start putting out leaf-like extensions instead of their usual blooms. And it doesn't cause the plant to die, so it lives together with the goldenrod. But it basically produces this leaf-like plant extension and releases bacteria and it causes more. And it's the circle of zombieism. Zombie weed. And last but not least, talking about human zombies. Because, again, Florida has its own category. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about Florida zombieism. In Haiti, there has been some quote-unquote documented cases of zombieism and one is a 30-year-old woman who had allegedly died quickly after falling ill and then her family three years later saw her at an event mm -hmm. and was like what the fuck another case of human zombieism um, is a man who died at 18 re-emerged 18 years later what? at a cockfight and they're like, whoa, aren't you supposed to be dead? Isn't this people just faking their own death? And the final case that was studied, uh, and this is all studied by doctors who believe in science and stuff like that. And the final case that was studied that has been recorded that I could find in 10 minutes through Google <laughs> um, was a woman who died at 18, but again, was spotted 13 years later. And so we're like, what the fuck? What's all these people like who are supposedly dead, but then showing up at, you know, the grocery store? Yeah, you dead wrong. <laughs> right? So the first, the 30-year-old woman who had died and then showed up after three years had catatonic schizophrenia. Oh. oh. Catatonic schizophrenia is schizophrenia was a, a serious medical illness schizophrenia prevents you from separating what's real and what's not the catatonic part of schizophrenia it affects the way that you move in extreme ways if you had catatonic schizophrenia you might totally be still and mute 
but then also not being able to separate what's real and unreal. So that's totally, I mean, that is Mm. totally fucked up. That is totally hellacious state of being. The guy who was spotted 18 years later at the cockfight experienced brain damage and had epilepsy. So we're talking about these all happened in Haiti. Folklore, you know, the lack of education and medicine and poverty levels too. As we've gone through and researched these stories, a lot of these stories where it's like the spooky, weird, witchy people, a lot of it has to do with mental illness Mm -hmm. and people not understanding mental illness. But did they bury these people? That's That's what I was going to ask. Well, one of them, yes, they did. What? And they went back and dug up the grave and there were stones in the grave. So... What transpired? 10-minute Google research did not uncover those facts. (laughs) Apparently, the Haitians did not sit on the grave long enough. I was just going to say, they're supposed to sit there for three days. Right. Damn. And then the last person, the guy that was, or the woman that was spotted 13 years, had a learning disability. They said that they were zombies, but in reality... They just had mental illnesses and learning disabilities that the local folks did not understand. Weird. And so they were labeled as zombies. So folklore, scary stuff, a lot of times translates over into mental illness. (laughs) Things we don't understand. Things we don't understand. There's actually a a psychiatric disorder called Cotard's syndrome, and it causes people to act like zombies. I know this when they think they're zombies. They do. The so they, they are yes. under the delusion that they are dead or decomposing. Yes, they think that they And there's documented cases of people with this syndrome and it's very, like, unnerving. Oh, my God. I think it was on Mindhunter, the girl who was hiding under the bed. Sorry, I've lost my voice. Most but have. It makes it spooky. Yeah. But wait, the cotards? It might not have been Mindhunter. He was the, having, like, anyway. Yes, the cotards. Okay. She she thought she was dead and dying and rotting. Right. There is a case of a 53-year-old woman who is complaining that she was dead. She smelled like rotting flesh and oh, she wanted flesh. to be taken to the morgue so that she could be with her dead people. That's fair. That's very mature. She owned it. It's like, why can't I get the good parts of being dead? A 65-year-old man developed the belief that his organs, including his brain, had stopped working. I'm like, wait a minute. I, but- <laughs> I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> he also said that even his house in which he lived was slowly, steadily falling apart. It was Hannibal, I just remembered. Sorry. Um, I would not like to have this disorder. No. No. This sounds horrifying. It is horrifying. You know, first we had Lord of the Rings. And then we had Harry Potter, you know, and then we had The Walking Dead. Those aren't zombie movies. No, but I'm saying the big themes, like, first of all, it was elves. And Mm -hmm. then it was like wizards and, yeah, wizards. And then with The Walking Dead, it was like zombies. So as soon as, like, The Walking Dead came out, the CDC, which is also located in Atlanta, which is where The Walking Dead filmed they have a zombie preparedness <laughs> guide. yes they do yes it's so cool it is they they if you go to the cdc mm-hmm. and search zombie you got it all laid out there for you it's so pretty cool everybody who have their hero fantasies about zombie apocalypse and has been hoarding guns and food please mm-hmm. stop yes you can also go like and make sure you're doing it right <laughs> at, you know the zombie preparedness guide at the cdc 
So I'm just going to go through the list of, of what they want you to have. And the reason that they're doing <laughs> this is because they're like, yeah, this is fun. But maybe you can also be prepared for other events like tornadoes and mm-hmm. hurricanes. Pandemic. And pandemics. Mm-hmm. So you need at least one gallon per person per day of water. Mm-hmm. Food, non-perishable. That's easy, right? Uh, you need a minimum of three days supply at hand at all times. Flashlights, battery powered, hand cranked radio. Make sure you have the NOAA weather radio like James Spann mm-hmm. says. Extra batteries. God, stock up on your batteries. First aid kits, a whistle, antibiotic ointment, bandages, face masks, especially in the pandemic, gloves. Mm-hmm. And go ahead and just get you some reference books in case the internet will probably be out. There are reference books still? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia Britannica. We do need herbal medicine things. Herbal yes. medicine books. Let me go get you get the Foxfire. Right? I feel like we all need like a Costco membership. Actually, that's mm-hmm. what that's what that said to me. Mm-hmm. All the non-perishables, gallons and gallons of water. <laughs> right. You also need your medications. Mm. Go ahead and get you like an extra month mm-hmm. if you can. If you can. Uh, multi-purpose items like wrenches, pliers, plastic sheets, duct tape. That sounds like a kidnapping murder kit, but you're going to need that. <laughs> Add paper towels to that. I think you should have some paper towels. Paper towels, scissors, matches. You need personal hygiene and bleach because your period does not care if it's a zombie apocalypse or not. Mm, didn't think about that. Also, a copy of personal documents wouldn't hurt. Medical lists, pertinent medical information, like I'm allergic to bee stings. Now, this is where I call bullshit but the on zombies the zombies can't read that. Exactly. I'm like, you know what? If it's actually a zombie apocalypse, you don't need your goddamn medical paperwork because but nobody nobody needs it anymore. But if you get stung while walking through the woods and somebody comes across you and they go through your shit and they're like, oh, they died because they got stung by a wasp. Well, that didn't help me any then. I'm dead. <laughs> or maybe I'm a zombie. I don't know. I'm I now a bee zombie. I'm bee zombie. <laughs> also, I don't know. This is just pretend. <laughs> um, proof of an address, maybe <laughs> the deed or lease to your home, passports, birth certificates, insurance no, policy. No, you'd no. at least need ID so the government, when you go to the base, and they can like rescue you. Everybody knows the government's the enemy now. I know. Shut up. <laughs> just saying. CDC, we're not listening to you. We don't just, believe you. CDC, just you're saying. just trying to set us up for people to steal all our personal information. Right. Which really, they can't really do anything about. Because once the zombie apocalypse, it's like, you can be anybody. Yep. You can be anyone you want to be in the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. So, uh, cell phone with charger in case there's still cell phone. <laughs> in case there's electricity. That's cute. That is cute. <laughs> Family disaster plans. Like, hey, we're going to meet up at grandma's if the world goes to shit. Don't let grandma bite Byron, you. <laughs> I'm waiting on you here. We had this plan since way back at the beginning of the lockdown. When it hits Atlanta, I'm not going that way. No. Meet me here you in also Alabama. <laughs> need maps of the area because your GPS is going to go out. Now that is legit. And you need, like, where you meet your people, you need an evacuation plan. Like, hey, we're going to take 204 and go this way. So 
in case if we disappear and y'all not going to come looking for us anyway, you at least know where we probably died. <laughs> That's very realistic, though. Very realistic. So batteries, glasses, contact lenses, canes. Yeah, because and- we have determined that if you do not have your contact lenses, you are going to be the Marley first to die. Marley is going to be the first to I'm die. I'm the first yeah, to die. Pop- apocalypse. I told her that a long time ago. She can't see I'm, I'm at all. I'm blind as a I'm fucking sorry. Bat. Yeah, if her glasses break, it's over. So if you you see Marleya without her glasses during the zombie apocalypse and she has a gun, just duck because (laughs) she's just going to shoot and she doesn't care. Uh, If you have a baby, make sure you take formula, diapers, baby food. Courtney's like, leave the baby. Games. If you do happen to take your children, I guess that's optional. Monopoly. Uh, so they can see, reinstate see, the capitalist system. Yes, you need to take the games so that they will be quiet while the zombies are walking oh, by. That's a lie. They're never quiet. Boggle. Boggle's the loudest game on the planet. Operation. Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pet supplies, dog food, two-way radios, and eggs. Ex- and ex- dogs <laughs> don't need food; they just need other people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a list that Louisiana put out <laughs> that's more southern. If you could be southern from the CDC, of course, the CDC is very much like we're really talking about tornadoes and hurricanes. You fuck twads. <laughs> <laughs> But Louisiana put out a list, and their best, their first list is item on the list is the best. It's like get away from people. I was gonna say that. I would go down to a four. I'd be going toward Chocolaca Mountain and Highway Mm. Nine. So find me that way. And then they're like, where there's nobody, and make sure you got Sasquatch. Make sure you got your fishing gear because hello, you got to eat. So fishing gear, medical supplies, and we're in the South. We. From past some from stories Cornmeal. of old, <laughs> Lord, from stories of old, bring your fucking bud spray because yes. like malaria and yellow fever are gonna make a comeback. Yes, yes, Zika virus kill you. Yes, I I think rope rope was like like conspicuously absent. I think mm. rope would be extremely helpful Useful? in all of these situations. Oh yeah, absolutely. Good shoes. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I need that, really good shoes. That's on the list from Louisiana. Yeah, bug spray. They say garlic. They're much more practical. Garlic is a snake repellent. Also vampires. And also vampires. So it's a two for one. <laughs> I of course, know that, though, about all... I think it's antimicrobial, too. That's why I've never yes, been bitten yes. by a snake. Uh, guns, ammos. Ammos. Guns, <laughs> ammo. Check, check. Axes, crossbows, okay. gas. And we're talking long term here. We're like, you know, not this is not like you're I'm going to go on foot down the trail. This is like, OK, I got like my truck and my camper on the back here. Um, So gas, gas. your sturdy tornado boots. Mm-hmm. I have tornado boots. Yeah, It'd be everybody. helpful if you already had a trained horse by now or a large dog to ride. Yes. Or goats yeah. or donkeys. All, all of the above. Or chickens. Have somebody with a green thumb in the family. So when you find a place, you can grow your food. Seeds. 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 Don't use human poop for fertilizer. Oh, God. Because disease. No shit. say that. 
There she no, that, that was a Patrice throw-in. <laughs> Thanks, P. Really, you shouldn't use dog poop either. Just no, FYI, that's also FYI, pretty bad. Like, use like the little fish that you can't eat mm-hmm. as fertilizer, as the Native Americans did. Chicken poop seems to Back be pretty good. Day. I don't know what makes chicken so damn special. Yeah, I don't know either. Their shit don't stink. Uh, but it does. It stinks. <laughs> booze. Well, Gotta yeah. bring the booze. Courtney needs vinegar. That's in, in there. Oh, yeah. She absolutely. needs some pickles. Sleeping bags. Got somebody with hunting skills. Got to know how to catch, hunt the deer and do dress them, field dress them. Is that how mm-hmm. they call it? Uh, shovel for covering your poop. Fencing, of course, this is like if you get your truck and you need to like build a fence with all your zombies. And crank radio, we are to cover that. Fire making tools and a saw. Places to survive the zombie accomplishment. The the gin, the gin apocalypse, the gin apocalypse. According to a very um, reliable resource on the interwebs, the safest city in the country is Huntington Beach, California, which I'm going to call bullshit. No, that's too far, too far and bullshit. California's got so many people. So I'm going to say that the top southern states, because we know the South has like the people with the guns. <laughs> I was like, has what now? <laughs> the people with the guns. And we know like country people can survive. But they're likely to shoot the other people. It's true. Exactly. Just saying. Just saying. Like they can survive zombies. I don't know if they can survive each other. Yes. Lesson of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is Lesson of the Walking Dead. And yes. Absolutely. Until everything went all shit show haywire. Pretend like that doesn't happen. I think it's still on. Oh, it is. Oh, it's yeah. still on. I stopped watching it. Oh, yeah. Like well, they, they took the zombies out and put humans in. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm just oh, like, yeah. When they were in the dead you, skin. Yeah. When they're I was yeah. over it. I'm done. That's yeah. when I left, too. So we're talking about southern states ranked from. <laughs> best did you do this yourself yes i totally did this myself all right but no i didn't <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're looking at farms per capita and the states like <laughs> electricity solar stuff and solar yeah solar powered electricity i, I think city solar girl. power is the way to go yeah, yeah absolutely i'm just saying I yeah mean, but none of the southern states you don't so we're looking at farm and people ratio here top state to survive is arkansas hmm. really then mississippi hmm. <laughs> south carolina mm-hmm. north carolina alabama hmm. kentucky Georgia, Virginia, Louisiana, Tennessee, Florida. Florida comes in last. West Virginia's last. Oh, my Virginia wow. self Mountains, says no that farm. is correct. There's so many different variables here. So the California being the best city was strictly like they went through like a very detailed of how many people are in shape. Oh, how much oh, solar we power? That one. Like we how much? That one. Like how many escape routes do you have? And I'm like, well, how many fucking people do you have in California? So that to me, like, you know, the southern states, I just, I think it's anybody's game. Mm-hmm. If this really happened, I would fucking be on my way to Canada, Hawaii, Hawaii. I could swim that far, mm-hmm. but Canada, like, it's cold. They'll freeze. There's plenty of wild game. There's hardly fuck all up there. 
I'm going to the beach. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die at the beach. Well, you know, mm-hmm. and you could just get you, well, you could live off a of fish mm-hmm. and you could find you a boat, mm-hmm. like a sailboat that didn't need motor oil or anything like that. So I would just trick them to run in the ocean and then I would yeah. run away. And, and then you go, run away. <laughs> just be all you drowned oh. again. Oh, I forgot about the tide. <laughs> the tide would bring them back in and then out and then in and then out. A lake would be better. <laughs> if you go on Reddit and, and type in the best place to survive a zombie apocalypse, they basically say a boat on a freshwater lake. Yeah. Lake Lanier. Lake, oh shit. <laughs> Not Lake Lanier. Everybody Zombies dies don't on get lake you, Lanier. the ghost's going to do it. <laughs> Although they may get stuck in the little town at the bottom of Lake Lanier, mm-hmm. but don't fall off the boat. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is my Zombies <laughs> 101. Yay. And for after talk, if you're a patron, we are going to talk about was Jesus really the first zombie? Whoa! I vote yes. Join us ah! for the Strange South after, after talk. Zombies. Yes. <laughs> Thanks y'all for listening. We Bye. appreciate you so much. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> it might be becoming a zombie. But <laughs> I tried to get away from the mic. I didn't know what you were doing. You, it was just, you just heard weird breathing. <laughs> I did. I just heard weird breathing. And I looked over and Courtney's like all hunched over. And I was like, what's going on? When I, wait, when I open my eyes, the color's all gone. Mm. <laughs> headphones sorry all right that's all right so back to my zombie without the zombie uh